Yeah, so that road to hell got paved last week. <laughs> they got two coats of blacktop. Welcome to the React Native Nerds Podcast. I'm Spencer. And I'm John. Join us as we dive into topics you need to know about to become a better developer. Welcome to React Native Nerds, episode number 16. 16, Spencer, 16 weeks. We have our permit to podcast, baby. Yeah, there we if go. If this were real life, it would be, well, it is real life, but podcast weeks, that's like 16 years. I think we're legit. Yeah, I'd say so. We can go get our license now. That's right. Well, depending on which state you're in, that could be another year. I don't know. Oh, really? I think so. Oof. Maybe. I know when I, I lived in Michigan, you could get your driver's permit like... I think it was 14 and a half years. Really? It was, yeah, you could you'd start driving early. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think I was 16. I think you had to drive with a permit for at least six months. I was in New York, but that was forever ago. Yeah, I, I, I waited uh, to get my license. So I think I was like 17 and a half. I was quite lazy. You just didn't want it? Uh, I didn't want to pay for the driver's ed class. It was a, a moral battle I had. I didn't want to spend the extra money. I was like, I know how to drive. Just give me the test. Yeah, I'll tell you. But, my kids had it pretty easy because they had driver's ed in school. But then at the end of the semester, they took their driving test at the school as part mm-hmm. of the class. So you didn't even have to go fight the lines at the DMV or anything like that. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, we had to do a, a nights and weekend kind of thing. Is not okay. a fan. But I eventually got so embarrassed by my girlfriend having to pick me up whenever we were going out that I decided to get a, a license. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good reason to get a license. Yeah. She stuck with me, though, so she's cool. She's cool. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so what have you been up to this week? Uh, this week, other than just listening to copious amounts of construction right outside of my office window, I've been messing with the networking in my house. So I've got AT&T. I think I've complained about them a handful of times on the podcast. Oh, no, I never knew. You never <laughs> said anything. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they're one, well, I've got uh, fiber internet, so I've got gigan- gigabit speeds wired, but of course I have nothing that's actually wired. And my office is in the furthest corner away from where my wireless router is. And Oof. I set up a, a mesh network that they had through their router, which was significantly overpriced and just like everything from AT&T significantly under delivered but the biggest issue was I could never browse on uh, any iOS device pages just took like 10-15 seconds to load so I said screw Hmm. it I'm going to get rid of their wireless router get rid of their firewall everything and just replace it with my own router my own access points so I went through that and kind of hooked everything up so now I've got uh, my own wireless router directly connected to all, it's just a modem now from AT&T. And then I've got an access point set up in my office as well. So we've got like 500 uh, megs up and down in our offices and then downstairs as well compared to like the 20 or 30 we were getting of 1,000 that we were supposed to previously. So internet's doing yeah. a lot better now. Good. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, that's not the story for me. <laughs> yeah. We are actually talking on the phone, listeners. <laughs> That's right. Forget Google Hangout. Forget Zoom, which went down on Monday. Holy cow. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. Zoom was down. I bet like the entire world lost their minds because (laughs) everything is on Zoom. So I know what it was. Kid started school. Kid wasn't prepared for a test. So I just decided to take down all of Zoom. Exactly. That's what I think happened. That's what I would have done. (laughs) Sure. It's like pulling the fire alarm on on the day of the test. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I don't, I mean, it's the afternoon, so maybe somebody started streaming something on my cul-de-sac and uh, I just lost connection. I can't browse, you know, couldn't do anything, couldn't connect to the Hangout. There's always something. But yeah. other than that, how have you been this week? Um, pretty good. I'm selling all the things. <laughs> I had an angel. I love this man because he came over and he bought my camper, my boat, and the car, the BMW. Jeez. All in one fell swoop. I almost had him on the Spitfire. <laughs> but, you know, and like, so he came over, I don't know, it was maybe like seven at night or something. And my wife was talking to him and, you know, I got talking to him. And I had him convinced to buy the Spitfire that night. And then he slept on it. And he came back, he's like, yeah, I don't know if I really want to get into a car I don't know a whole lot about. And I'm like, of course you do. You want to <laughs> be very well-rounded, right? That's the whole point. Yeah. And I mean, I have the mechanic shop manual and everything for this car. And I have all the parts, you know. You might need to order a screw or something, but they're all legit European parts for it. It just needs to be reassembled. And, um, you know, he, so he, he pulled out. So that's still here. Okay. So if anybody uh, is interested in a uh, 72 Spitfire, I don't know, you have about 30 days to contact me before <laughs> I have to do something drastic with it before we actually move. And then, you know, appraisals and inspections and all this sort of stuff. And I just want to apologize to the listeners. I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of the hosts always have all these good intentions and they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to build this. I'm going to try this. This looks really interesting. And I do the same damn thing. <laughs> and I'm sorry, people. I do not have time to do any of this stuff. You know, I, I registered that domain for a side project and I haven't touched it. I think it's still the, uh, the hover landing page, default landing page. Uh, you know, I was going to do all this cool stuff for today's episode so I could actually talk intelligently and, you know, had no time. Uh, oh my gosh, I don't know. And, you know, because I, I edit all these podcasts and I listen to myself say all these things. And in the moment, I'm not just saying them. Like, I'm truly excited about these things. Firebase still truly excites me, but I have no time. Right. And, you know, and because I'm not in React Native every day or really at all, other than, you know, little side project-y things, it isn't something that, that I can really carve out time for, especially right now, because... I am throwing stuff out that, oh man, I didn't even remember I had. It's, <laughs> it's so crazy, the stuff that we're finding around this place. Yeah. And, and selling stuff. I'm trying to sell stuff. And then we've made, I don't know, at least a dozen trips to Salvation Army and Community Aid and, you know, those types of places to get rid of clothes and furniture and, you know, all this sort of stuff. So it is not fun. It's not fun <laughs> at all. Yeah, moving is truly, truly exhausting. There's no nerves in my voice yet. I still have, like I said, uh, right now I think it's 33 days until we have to vacate, until closing. Okay. <laughs> have to vacate. Sounds like we're getting kicked out <laughs> until our closing date when we have to leave. So uh, in probably three more episodes, maybe four more episodes, I'm going to be a little panicked, I think. Yeah. There's still going to be stuff here that I'm going to have to get rid of. Right. It's like, oh yeah, we got, we got time to figure this out. And then it's like three days out and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't feel like I'm procrastinating. I mean, I spent a good two hours last night in the basement alone, just going through stuff, making piles. Uh, thankfully I live in the country so I can burn stuff okay. and like wood, wood stuff, not plastic, obviously, but right. like any wood and, um, 
paper and cardboard and all that. So there's this huge pile that I have to take out. It's crazy. And my wife is back in Georgia, so it's just me. Okay. So it's all, all so on no you. pressure, man. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. It's all me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't have much time these days. That, that's fair. And that's I want to say that I will have time once we move down there, but then we're going to have to unpack all this shit. So Right. And <laughs> that that I don't know. That's a uh, I was going to say that's the hardest part, but all of it is hard. Moving is just yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe one of these days I'll be able to to uh true up on some of these promises and good intentions that I have. But I did want to apologize and I do totally realize that I'm making all of these, oh yes, I'm going to do that or I want to try that or whatever. So sorry guys. I guess everybody does that sort of stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. The side project graveyard. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The Boulevard of Broken Dreams. I think somebody called it. Green Day. Well, Green Day did. Yeah. But I mean, some techie when he logged into like his, his domain account, it was like all these really cool domains that he registered and had all good intentions for, and they all just sat there and rotted away. And you gotcha. continue to pay $15 a year to renew. And <laughs> you know, yeah. it's all the hope. It's hope. Hope sucks. Hope is the <laughs> stupidest thing in the world because it just keeps you motivated for no reason at all. <laughs> it's why you hold on to stuff. It's why I look at my basement and say, look at all this trash. And then I start going through things one by one. I'm like, oh, I might be able to use this. Oh, I can't get rid of that. Oh, I'm going to learn how to do this. Hope is hope sucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There's the title of the episode, Hope Sucks. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Yeah. Enough of that. So I want to jump through some mobile news and I'm, you know, I'm looking at this and I might just rename it to um, what John likes in the news <laughs> department because, you know, I have to address Apple. They might have a new target in their sites because Spotify is developing a virtual events feature. And we heard about what happened when Airbnb wanted to do that. I read through the article and they're still developing this, so I don't know how it's actually gonna work, but I would imagine they would have to pay and buy tickets through the app or else Apple is gonna kick them out of the app store. Right. And they're virtual events. And those are typically all like Ticketmaster and you know all of those sorts of things. So you know, I'm really not sure how that's gonna shake out. So you can keep put that on the horizon because Spotify might be getting lined up in their sites. <laughs> I use Spotify so much. I know. I know. I love it. It's going to suck if it gets ripped from the, the app store. In Fortnite news, because we have to keep up with that, <laughs> Fortnite is splitting into two different games, kind of, because of the battle, because hmm. of Epic and Apple. So basically what they're doing is the new season of Fortnite is coming out, if it's not out already. And they are not or cannot because of all this crap, update iOS or Mac OS, which means that players on the iPhone, iPad, and Mac are gonna lose cross-platform play with non-Apple players. Before all this bullshit, you could play somebody on Xbox on your Mac. You could do all that sort of stuff and you're not going to be able to do that. Apple players can still play with Apple players in their own little sandbox, but they're also not gonna get the new season. So their games are not gonna get updated. So they're hmm. stuck and their game will basically be in stasis. Whereas PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, PC, and Android will all be in the new content, which I guess it's Marvel themed. So that seems kind of cool. But man, 
I feel kind of bad, especially for everybody that plays on on Apple stuff. I mean, maybe maybe that's not a huge market share. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, that'd be interesting to find out. Um, yeah. I mean, I downloaded it only so I could play my son. So it, okay. it is on my MacBook Pro so I could play my son. And that was, I don't know, a year ago or something when, when he was home. Uh, so I, this isn't going to hurt me at all, but I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that, that it's going to affect. And I feel kind of bad. But, you know, <laughs> has nothing to do with, with mobile news, but it's still Fortnite, so we're, we're following up on that. And then I found this. This is amazing, and I don't know how you say it. It's A-R-W-E-S. Arwes? Arwes? Ours? Ours? <laughs> I don't know. But it is a sci-fi UI framework. Now, right now, it's for web. It's built with React. So in my mind, you might be able to tweak it for React Native. I mean, I imagine it's building you know, divs and all that sort of thing. So you might need mm -hmm. to rebuild the components and the animations, which is a segue to today's episode. But uh, it looks amazing. It's really cool. And this, the idea is to give developers a way to build a user interface or a, an admin panel or something like that that looks kick-ass like you see in the movies, like in Star yeah. Trek or you know those types of things. So when you go to the site, the site is all built with this, which is really cool. When you go to the docs, the docs are built with this. And then they have a button to play in their playground and you can choose all of the different components that they have and click through and whatever and there's sounds and graphics and oh my gosh it is the coolest thing and if this ever came to mobile it would be freaking amazing yeah so if anybody is looking for a really cool fork of this project that would be it is to bring this to react native and i don't know what that would involve you know but it is in react already so maybe there's you know four lines of code you could keep because I'm <laughs> right. sure like all the animation stuff is different and you know that sort of stuff but check that out if you're if you're building any kind of uh, game or whatever and you need a web interface a web UI for that yeah that's pretty sweet awesome. yeah it's cool I just sat there clicking on things for about five minutes to see everything <laughs> that it could do it's just really wild so what is our main topic today now that I'm done rambling yeah, so today we'll be chatting a little bit about animations in React Native. Um, it, it'll be a pretty high-level overview of kind of the different packages that are available, the different APIs, and just kind of, I don't know, getting a little familiar with them to kind of figure out what should you be reaching for, understand how do different uh, components or different packages implement their animations. Yeah, so have you done any animations in React Native? Nope. <laughs> um no that i've used um the gesture handler and that was it okay and that was basically because i needed a a swipe down gesture because i had a, a little modal slide up from the bottom and okay. i needed i didn't want to you know tap the x to close it i wanted to swipe it back down so that's the only right. thing that i've done i had a lot of really good intentions that i told you off the show about <laughs> what i was going to try to do before the show <laughs> Yeah, so that road to hell got paved last week when we talked about this episode. Um, <laughs> they got yeah. two coats of blacktop. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Animations are, for me, they've been tricky to kind of figure out. I, I know like when I first started using Redux, Redux just did not click for me until I read like one article. I wish I could remember which article it was. And then like everything just snapped. It just made sense. Mm -hmm. Animations are kind of like this. So as you start going through the APIs, understand, at least for me, they're really tricky to pick up. But 
there's a few different ways you can actually start getting into animations. And first off, this is a core library in React Native, and it's called Layout Animation. I have a love-hate relationship with this API because, <laughs> like, it's it's magic. It just animates things, and it just does what you want. The downside of that is it animates things that maybe you didn't intend to animate, and you don't really understand why. Hmm. So if you want a quick, cheap animation, maybe Layout Animation is going to uh, work well for you. But, and I, I actually was just re-implementing an animation yesterday where I wanted one button to animate or one text cell, whatever. It's beyond the point. But I wanted one small piece of the UI to animate. And then what was happening was whenever you would navigate, the entire page would animate. So like Ooh. in its little silo where I built it, this button worked perfectly. But once I added it into the app, it was just a giant mess. Everything was animating. So layout animation is super simple api layout animation configure next and next time state changes it's going to go ahead and animate that state change easy to okay. implement easy to mess up so what what type of animation does it do like a shake or a wave or actually move positions so because like animation is so broad right I mean, it's way more broad than i i expected like i come i come from flash if all you kids out there remember flash when your grandpas were telling you how to animate stuff on the web. <laughs> and I mean, that was literally like keyframes and easing in between keyframes and all that sort of stuff. That is not what any of this is that we're talking today. You're writing code to do all of these things. Right. Um, but is does layout animation phys physically, you're on a device. Does it move positions, I guess, XY stuff? Yeah, so layout animation, um, I don't know, it, it's, you, don't, you can't really configure too much about it. So when you say this layout animation.configure next, you basically pass a means through which it should like animate. So you can say you want it to ease in or ease out. And that's pretty much all you can do. And then it just determines how it's going to do that work. So like typically you just see it like fade in and fade out. But if you want to go ahead and start like customizing how exactly something works, that's when you could go to something like the animated library, which is also core React Native. And then this is going to allow you to, rather than magically make things appear and disappear with some animation, with the animated library, you can go ahead and say, given this gesture, given this tap, I want the element to be translated on the x-axis by this amount and at this speed. Or you can say, I want it to happen over this course of time or over uh, with a spring animation. So you can start to get into this wild area of really really customizing animations to do whatever you want okay now with great power comes great confusion because this api just gets really i don't know i've as i as i always do i always paint myself into a corner and i've done this with the animated library a lot but um, it's really interesting the way it works because basically you have a view in react native with animated you can use an animated dot view which then allows you to use animated values to modify certain properties. And surface level, this sounds great. The problem with animated and just animations in general is there's a lot happening over a short period of time. With that, actually, I guess I should take a step back. The way React Native currently works is whenever you do some action in the JavaScript side, say somebody interacts with a component, they press a button, and then it goes and does something you have to go over what's called the bridge in React Native, and that's bridging the mm -hmm. JavaScript logic with the UI thread. 
um, or the, the actual native logic. Most of the time, no big deal. The problem is when you start having a lot of traffic over that bridge, you can essentially create a traffic jam like you would in a normal bridge or a small road, whatever it may be. We need to be aware of this with JavaScript. So by default, the animated library, all of these animations are happening on the JavaScript side. And then the way I understand it is by default, each one of these mutations or changes of an element. So say you're changing the width or you're changing the opacity of something. Each change is going over that bridge, which can add a lot of traffic and it can get bogged down by other things that may be happening in JavaScript and going over that bridge. You need to be aware of that. Now animated has covered that or fixed it by creating the use native driver, which basically allows you to start an animation, send that information to the UI thread. UI thread will go and do the whole animation and basically go back over the bridge once it's done. Perfect in theory. The downside of that though is <laughs> there's only certain things you can change over this thread or with a use animated driver. So for example, uh, what I was working on yesterday that I was using animations and moving away from layout animation was basically I had a search bar. When you would focus on the search bar, it would reduce in size a little bit and a cancel button would show up next to it. Now, the way I was doing it was just changing that width variable of the search bar, mm -hmm. but you can't modify the width of something using the native driver. So you're stuck on using the JavaScript side or that constant transfer over the React Native bridge. So, I mean, I was seeing performance issues because in addition to that animation, when you would focus on the search bar, basically the results of that list below it would change. And that was just too much going on, wasn't a good um, user experience. So Yeah, was, to, it, was it laggy or did it sort of jitter? It was, it was just a lot of jitter. Basically, you would see, you know, just parts of that animation. It would just kind of jump between them. And not only was it that one component that was animating, but you could also see it in the list rendering as well. So it just, it was no good. Um, yeah. Kind of poo-poo on the animated API a little bit, but, you know, it's still, I use it all the time because for me at the point I'm at with using it, like I'm comfortable doing the basic things and I just do basic animations in general. I reach for it over the layout animation. And where I basically learned how to use this, API is from Jason Brown, who writes a bunch of good stuff on CodeDaily.io. Um, mm -hmm. If you've used animated in React Native, like you've read his stuff or watched his videos, he's just been creating a bunch of awesome stuff on it for years now. So that's a great place, CodeDaily.io, if you want to learn this animated API. And animated is core, so it's just there. You don't need to right. go at it either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then another core library so animated allows you to animate values on a component. But say you want an animation to happen based off of a gesture. This is where something like the pan responder, which is another core API, or the gesture handler, which I think is still in the React Native core. Basically what these things are going to do is allow you to work with a gesture. So say someone's tapping a, or just like moving their finger around on the screen. You can basically capture that information and then in, from PanResponder, go ahead and use that data to change your animated values through an animated event. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the core workflow. It works really, really well most of the time. No, I shouldn't say most of the time. It works really well all of the time if you're smart enough to figure it out. Um, <laughs> I'm just not always smart enough to figure it out. 
I was looking at this, and I know you're getting to gesture handler in a second, but it looks like with pan responder, you literally detect where things are touching. You take that data, and then you write what you want to happen. Mm -hmm. So if you want a special Harry Potter gesture, or you draw a symbol on the screen or something like that, then you need to detect and track those values. And if they match whatever you're doing, then you know you can unlock a box or something. So, so this is definitely a, a roll your own gesture kind of functionality. Or you can make your own little Konami code. So, and if I remember correctly, the touchable components, um, I think they use a pan responder beneath the surface. Basically, they're just like a view that has a pan responder built onto them that will allow you to tap the button or to do a long press on the button. Basically, it's using a pan responder behind the scenes and creating a better or a more easy API to interact. Yeah, that with. makes sense. So you could use something like Pan Responder to create your own custom button that you know, when you press down on it and swipe to the left, it does something. And basically, you're going to use that in conjunction with the animated API to make it look nice. Yeah, it all comes together. Animated has been around, I think, since the beginning of React Native. And with that, there's going to have to be some trade-offs as time goes on. For example, the moving data across the bridge. Now, if you don't want to deal with that, there's another library out there, which is, means you're going to have to install it, and that's called React Native Reanimated. And basically, it, it was a, it was the animated API redone uh, with different things in mind. And Reanimated's uh, core maintained by Software Mansion, and Software Mansion is one of those wonderful, wonderful companies that like invests a lot into open source React Native stuff, kind of like Expo does or um, Invertise, mm -hmm. Invertase, which with Firebase. So it's a, it's an awesome library. And you start to see Reanimated used more and more in something like uh, React Navigation. React Navigation is actually using Reanimated behind the scenes to do all of its animations. Now, the reason you want to reach for something like Reanimated over Animated is basically the ad advantage that you don't have to go over that bridge. You start an animation, and then everything happens on the UI thread. You don't have to worry about the JavaScript side. So you've got a bunch of really good performance. Um, it's also got a different API, which allows you to do different, more complex things more easily. Downside of this library, though, is documentation, from my perspective, it's lacking a little bit, but I can't say I put in a ton of research into this because the apps I work on just don't really get animated all that much. On YouTube, though, William Candillon, I'm not, we'll have a link uh, in the show notes, but he's got a ton of ton. fantastic reanimated mm -hmm. tutorials. Like it's, it's just ridiculous how many he's gotten, how many like really, really cool animations and gestures he's done with reanimated uh, to kind of learn this library and see what it's capable of. He's got a, a series. I think it's like, can it be done in react native? Yeah, that's very cool. It's, it's insane stuff. So it's really cool to see what's possible with animations when you, really know what you're doing and you're setting out to do these cool animations. Yeah, William knows his stuff for sure. And he also has mm -hmm. a, um, a course, startreactnative.dev. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. Sorry, I don't know if it's competing with uh, React Native School or not, but I think he only has a reanimated class up there right now. It looks good. I mean, I almost bought it. Another good intention of this week. And uh, so, William, <laughs> man, if you're out there, I, I don't know if you're listening to us or not, but if you are and uh, you want you want me to take the course and evaluate it for you, I will do that and talk about it on the air. 
<laughs> no, but I, 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 you know, it's one of those things I would love to, uh, to buy his course and then just go through it. But I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't have time. And it's just one of those, it's hope. I hope I have time to do this. I love the concept of being able to sit down and build a really cool mobile app, but hope sucks. <laughs> yeah. So, someday. someday. That's right. Someday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so another note with reanimated is basically it's got a version two of it. So version one of reanimated was basically a, the way I understand it is basically like a superset of the animated library. So anything that worked in animated will pretty much work the same way in reanimated just with certain advantages, like not having to go over the react native bridge as much. And will the APIs be different? Or should the same code work? The way I understand it is the same code should work in reanimated that reanimated version one. Oh right, right. Now reanimated is having version two. It's it's in alpha. It's been in alpha for a couple months, um, and it's 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 in alpha, right? So documentation is very very limited there. And basically, from what I understand, version two they're basically removing that. And totally correct me if I'm wrong on this, anyone who's listening, but Version two is moving away from supporting the animated API that comes from React Native where it needs to in order to create the best possible animations in React Native. So there's going to be trade-offs in a breaking API from a major API mm -hmm. change, but it's in order to make reanimated even better and even more powerful. And Williams got stuff on reanimated V2 as it's being released. So it's really cool. It's really interesting, and it's something that I'd I'd hope to uh, one day be able to like learn. How do you actually use animations? Like, there's apps I use that have nice animations that improve that user experience. But like when it's me building, I can barely you know design outside of grayscale. <laughs> so figuring out animations is just like a whole nother brain that just is not accessible for me yeah. right now. I mean, I can barely draw it out on paper. Right. Yeah, I can see it in my mind, but but that's as far as it gets. So uh, actually, one more thing. So with animated, animated animates the values, and then PanResponder allows you to capture user gestures. Uh, with reanimated, rather than using PanResponder, reanimated uses React Native Gesture Handler. This is also a package kind of overseen by Software Mansion that basically is somewhat of a drop and replacement in functionality maybe not api for the pan responder so it allows you to capture user gestures in your app again looking at those advantages of less traffic over the bridge when capturing those gestures so uh, basically if you're sticking 100 percent react native core and you want that power over animations you're going to be reaching for animated or pan responder but then if you want additional capability and kind of are looking to expand beyond what you can do with the core libraries react native reanimated and React Native Gesture Handler are where you'll see things or where, where you'll want to reach. And if you look at some of the larger packages like React Navigation, React Navigation is using Reanimated and Gesture Handler. So when you're installing it, you'll see you've got a few uh, peer dependencies you have to install. Reanimate and Gesture Handler are two of those peer dependencies because you can just do more more easily using these libraries in terms of animations. Yeah, and when I mentioned about pan responder and you're rolling your own to detect, you know, your Harry Potter signal, Harry Potter symbol on the screen. Um, if you look at uh, React Native Gesture Handler, that comes prepackaged with your typical. There's a base gesture handler and a pan, 
that you would expect. But then there's the tap and the long press, a rotation, a fling, a pinch, a force touch. So those are already built in. You don't have to sit there and count how long you're touching for a long touch and you know all those sorts of things that you would probably have to do if you're rolling your own. So it, it's mm-hmm. kind of nice. It looks like you just plug those right in. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And like, you know, as we said, this is just super high level intro to animations and where you would want to look. Um, it would be a rabbit. It would be a rabbit think, hole yeah. if we got super into it. Like you just pick pick one. Oh of these. yeah. I mean, you could probably if if you knew what you were talking about, which I do not, you could probably sit and talk about rotation gesture handler for an hour. How the fling actually works, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, this is just a a quick primer primer depending on your pronunciation, on uh, what to do if you want to animate something. <laughs> yeah. I know um, at one point I had uh, a hope to really Say get hope. into animations and figuring them out. Um, and like, you know, there's there's papers that go into the science of making animations feel mm-hmm. natural. So like it's an art form to figure this stuff out. And it's, it's really cool. And I think it's really cool to see these APIs available to actually make that capable or make that a that ability within reach when you know how to use it. Yeah, and the one thing that was part of my hope of actually building something with with some animation is I wanted to see the difference between iOS and Android because just the the out-of-the-box, like, scroll list view is different, like, because you can accelerate Mm -hmm. that list. You can give it a fling, and it will spin on iOS. And on Android, it just kind of stops, you know, and... So there is a different culture, I guess, for a lot of the physics, if you want to throw it into that bucket, or just those natural behaviors between the two platforms. So it would be interesting to see if these react, if the fling does acts the same way on iOS as it does on Android, you know, that, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, especially if it's going over the bridge, then you go into native. So they are going to be different, I would imagine. They'll feel native. Yeah. I mean, it'll feel Android-y or iOS-y. Two new adjectives coined right here <laughs> from the guy that knows nothing. We have the best words. Yeah, I mean, so that's pretty much it. I mean, animations are something I've used in and out over the years, but like it's never been something I've really mastered. Um, I just, I just know enough to talk myself into a hole and i can just sit here and and bullshit about everything <laughs> yep. that's why there this is go. such a great podcast <laughs> <laughs> you pick the topics and i make shit up <laughs> i like it all right well i think that is all for today quick little episode covering animations uh dive into one of the apis and you know share with us what you have made with animations in react native it's always cool to see what people are doing uh on the visual spectrum or react native development yeah hit us up on twitter rn nerds or email us the nerds at reactnativenerds.com or check out an episode and comment at reactnativenerds.com william if you're out there hit me up buddy yeah all right guys thanks so much for listening we'll see you next time yeah, see you. Bye-bye. thank you for listening you can get show notes and leave comments at reactnativenerds.com